from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. Okay, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, This is Tim Perkins, Assistant Chief Operations from the South. I'm here with uh, Shane Sherwood. Assistant Chief of uh, Operations from the North, and uh, I want to welcome you guys uh, to the June 2023 podcast. Um, today we're going to talk about wildland operations, and we got a pretty pretty big group here um, with our hand crew, our dozer operator. Uh, but first, I wanted to start off with uh, Battalion Chief Nate Ariano, who uh, runs the section. So, Nate, welcome. Thank you. Why don't we start with uh, just introducing uh, who we have here with us today? Okay, so we have both of our new superintendents, Scott Gorman, Brandon Davis. We've got one of our uh, heavy fire equipment operators, Alan Peralt. And then I'll just go around the horn here. Brian Henderson, Joe Darling, Matt Nichols, and Matt Hidalgo, all uh, leadership on Santiago Crew. Okay, so t- why don't you start off with kind of telling us a little bit about you, know, you, your background. I know you have a lot of wildland background, and you do a lot of instructing for us in our various uh, NCWG classes. And so... Maybe some, there's some uh, folks out there in the field that, you know, don't know you. So maybe just a little bit about uh, your background. Sure. So I uh, started my fire service career in college. Um, started as a volunteer firefighter for Riverside County Fire, uh, out CDF out in Riverside. Um, that segue to a seasonal job with the Forest Service. Loved doing it. Did that for about eight-ish years. Um, at some point, I realized... Uh, the college life wasn't for me, and I was uh, going to be a firefighter. So, um, worked hard, got myself a municipal job, and wound up working for Torrance Fire Department. Spent a little under five years there, and the one thing, I, one of the many things I learned there was I really wanted to be a wildland firefighter again. So, when this opportunity to come come to Orange County Fire came up, jumped on it. Um, it's been awesome. Right when I got off probation here, they were flying a recruitment for foreman for the the hand crew program, and uh, I didn't think I had a, a chance, but I put in and uh, got picked up as a, as a foreman. Back then, it was Doug Hansen was the superintendent. I can't remember who all the other players were, but it was like myself, Doug Mann, Corey Larson, a whole group of us from the past Forest Service experience got picked up. And uh, it was awesome. It was awesome getting involved in Wildline again, getting being involved in this program. And that was kind of the springboard to get involved in other single resource assignments, um, talked my way into opening up a bunch of different task books, got myself on teams, um, currently um, between teams, but um, I've been a division soup on a team for the last uh, six, seven years, working on ops, uh, excuse me, branch director, as well as ops section chief and kind of looking for a, the right fit on a new team. And then for the last year, I've been managing cruising equipment and there's been a heck of a lot of change over the last year. So it's been a, a very busy year. Awesome. And I know you're one of the uh, ops on uh, one of our ty- uh, type three team for, for our team, right? Right. Yep. So yesterday just had our uh, our IMT workshops. So got together with all of them. I, I do that. So everything, obviously, I do on the um, IMT side is to support what we have going here. So that's a pretty big honor to be able to come back and bring that experience here. And like you said, I teach uh, along with a lot of these guys been teaching um, crew boss, engine boss for a bunch of years um company officer 2e and a bunch of other uh, wildland classes and before we jump into um kind of turning it over to the two uh, superintendents everybody knows that we've kind of reconfigured our hand crew program we've kind of changed the ratio 
of supervision of a kind of a five to one. Can you kind of just talk a little bit about just the, the makeup of our hand crew on how does it work? When we brought the new superintendents in, we transitioned to this new format, a uh, new leadership format. So like you said, it's uh, a superintendent who runs the whole show, two assistant superintendents and two squad bosses. However, there's an, another model where we use one uh, assistant superintendent and three squad bosses and uh, the federal government allows that flexibility, so we're kind of following suit with them. And we're doing it just because um, of the quals that we have right now. We're, we're, we need more assistant superintendents, so just because there's a lack of them, we're running what we call the 113, which is one soup, one assistant soup, and three squad bosses. Again, that's um, times two crews, Santiago and El Toro. Each one of those crews has that same makeup, the 113. And then there's 20 hand crew firefighters that they supervise so 25 total personnel oh, that's great um okay why don't we turn it over to the superintendents and uh, i'm going to turn it over to assistant chief uh shane sherwood he's got a couple of questions for the soups and there you go so for you guys and um now you, I, I appreciate you touching on that el toro's in there as well so what is a routine what does a daily routine look like for for cruising equipment who and whether scott or brandon whoever wants to take that well, I think both crews are pretty similar in our makeup. It's a pretty jam-packed day, pretty jam-packed week, pretty jam-packed month. Um, and one of the things that we've done to kind of keep us organized is just develop a calendar. Uh, there's a lot of different people we're working for, different projects. Uh, we're trying to train our folks. And the one thing we have the luxury is having the depth of experience and the quals amongst the overhead to make it happen. So it's not entirely just me figuring a lot of this stuff out it's me maybe orchestrating it's me um facilitating it's me working with these guys to get it done so i have the help and that's fantastic that i have it and then i've got my my brother here brandon uh the other superintendent so we can work together on developing our strategies making sure that we're meeting the missions etc so normal day and we've broken it up because we've talked a little bit about it and we've got the assistant soup and squad bosses to help share a little bit of the load in discussing how that normal day looks because we've broken up our day to manage that as well. So, um, Joe, do you want to jump in and kind of cover what? Yeah. So, uh, Joseph Darling, assistant soup, Santiago. General day is it starts off with a roll call because of the... The switching between crews and just managing the personnel. So figuring out who's on what tool, um, who's in the saw team, who's in our different squad breakouts, and we figure out our roster. From there, the the crew members will go out. Um, we'll do our buggy checks. We'll do start up all our chainsaws, make sure we're fire ready. And then by 7.30, we're back in the classroom for uh, we go over weather. Um, we go over uh, watershed dispatch level. We go over six minutes for safety. And then maybe we'll jump into like a six minutes for EMS to brush up on our EMS skills. So we start off our morning with some sort of training focused in on uh, wildland specific um, items. Then from there, the day could go many different ways, but usually we're doing some sort of fuels project along with anything that may be happening within the agency. For instance, yesterday we were at the academy helping rolling hose for the testing. I guess the overall benefit is the amount of people we have, the ability to break up into smaller units 
to handle a bunch of different tasks at the same time. Like today we were out um, at Rancho Mission Viejo doing a fuels project out there while one of our squaddies was helping mentor and train a couple of our hand crew firefighters that are going into the next academy while soup was out weed whipping around uh raw stations stations. um so the ability just to break out and handle a bunch of different tasks but we we help in every aspect that needs to be helped within orange county that needs a large workforce to do it it's a lot of project work right yeah a lot of project work and a lot of other work yeah and joe um i want one quick question so i know you've you've been on the crew for quite a while i know you have a, a background before coming to orange county just as an assistant soup what, what um where did you spend your time before coming to ocfa and then how long you've been on our hand crew and you've kind of been through you know the beginning through some of our fires and some of this rebuild that we've recently done and so just tell us a little bit about your background and then maybe from your perspective, just on what have been some of the biggest changes from the seat that you sit in? Okay, so starting with uh, background, I started with the federal government in 2007 um, with the Bakersfield BLM on uh, the Kern Valley Hotshots out of there. Did three years with them and then went over to Dalton on the Angeles and then did 10 years. So a total of 13 years all um hotshot time i did a little stent on a type 3 engine for the apprenticeship so then in 2019 was my last fire season and then i got picked up with orange county in 2020 um went through the academy went through probation at that point i came with quite a few quals because i was already working as a squad boss before i left during this time there was a lot of uh, changes within the hand crew program where we're trying to go meeting the sicko standards and luckily i spent a lot of time on crews, so i came with all those quals over here which allowed me then to transfer into our hand crew Um, when I first got here it was the old model of one crew split up a mod b mod I guess the rebuilding phase started within that time Um, there was talks about bringing in outside superintendents um, trying to meet the sicko standards to bolster our our crew program so I was in those beginning phases I think the transition is amazing we brought in a ton more hand crew firefighters, a lot more overhead with experience, with overall passion for this job that are looking to mentor and develop human beings in the wildland atmosphere that's going to benefit um, Orange County in a whole when it comes to wildland firefighting and just human beings that enjoy hard work. Um, I think that's the greatest benefit hand crew firefighters have is just people that aren't scared of working hard. I like it. You could probably just... (laughs) Put a period on that for sure. Hey, if I may, so he keeps referencing the SECO, which is standard for interagency hotshot crew operations. It's the federal Bible for type one hand crews. We're obviously not federal, but that's the spirit of what we're trying to meet, meaning it's a real good standard for qualifications for overhead, for amount of experience, for a lot of things. It's already spelled out. It's already been vetted by some folks with a lot of experience. So we're trying to aspire to that. So Joe, uh, I want to go back a little bit. So uh, it sounds like with the new leadership implementation of, of, the, of the leadership on the squad boss, the assistant superintendent, it creates a lot of flexibility in the crew's ability to, to modulize and to do different things, which allows you to get to that project work, as well as 
on an incident if needed to break up. That's that's the spirit of it. But again, in there comes the training and the ability to do that. And I mean, there's only so much we can do until we start hitting fires to realize how much we could actually split up, move around, break into smaller groups. The spirit of that is to do that. That's why we have so much leadership. And then it's actually getting out to fires um, and seeing how well we work together how experienced the crew is. There's a lot of factors in just like on an engine, whether you have a bunch of overtime people or not dictates you as a captain, how much leeway you're going to give your crew because you either know their capabilities or you don't. And we, we build in a lot of training to try and figure that out. But as we all know, that changes once we hit a fire line. Um, initially it's going to be a tight group of individuals cutting line together and then we're going to figure out uh, how much experience and knowledge we all have working together as, as a crew. And I think uh, something just to, to make sure that we cover is that we have a lot of new folks out there promoting to, to fire captains, to, to BC, uh, et cetera. What, what's our coverage for the, for the crew, for the department? Do we have 24-7, seven days a week? What, what is the crew coverage? When is Santiago on? When is El Toro how does, how does that work out? So the crews work four tens. Um, we start at seven o'clock. We end at five o'clock. Um, coverage for Santiago is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and every other weekend. And then El Toro is going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every other weekend. So we have seven day coverage. The 24 hour part is going to be how quickly we can bring everyone back to the station um, to get mobilized for something. So there is going to be a lag time after that five o'clock window, um, the way we are right now. Perfect. And, and whether it's to you, Joe or, or Scott or Brandon or anybody else, what, what do you guys see as the greatest challenge to the crew program? What, what are some of the greatest challenges that you guys are, are encountering right now? So we, we talked a little bit about that the other day and, um, I think Nichols really, I think captured it. And so um, I don't know if we're really going to be challenged per se just this year. We're always going to face some sort of a challenge or a, a bump in the road. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, do we see, I mean, with Joe's background of Forest Service, I think we have a lot of folks like Joe that have come from either Forest Service or some other agency's wildland programs. Um, you know, if we can't hire them quickly enough or do we, are we hiring them quick enough and you keep having this revolving door? How do we, I mean, is that something you guys are encountering? Is something that you're experiencing? Is a lot of new crew members that, you know, we don't, that we, you know, we just seem to either, we, we either hire them on OCFA or they get hired somewhere else and we're trying to, to fill that void again. Right. So I think we can look at it in two different sections here. We have the overhead and then you have the hand crew firefighters, sure. right? So we want to really focus on the overhead um, because in order to maintain that, that structure that we have, that one, one, three, or the one, two, two, we, we have to really dig deep within our organization and pull those folks in, but we have to find a way to integrate them into the program early on so we can have that sustainable uh, existence to maintain that structure. And so that's probably just gonna be a challenge, a challenge um, as we're working through the year, really understanding the authority a lot better, Brandon and I, um, Brandon has taken this on himself to really write out a strategic plan 
on how we're going to try to accomplish that for the program. But initially, we've got people moving in and out of the program. The squad bosses coming in, and, and they're trying to pursue their original goal that they set forth a long time ago, come in and, and become a firefighter, be an engineer, be an engine captain, or what have you, anywhere within the authority, because there's a lot of opportunities, as Chief Perkins has mentioned. You can go to USAR, you can do all sorts of stuff, hazmat, whatever. But we want to make the hand crew program one of those pieces that folks want to come into and be a part of. But how do we get there? We've, we've kind of drawn out a roadmap, um, but right now it's just pencil. We'd like to make it more of a solid process in the program. I think I'm really capturing the essence of that, right? And so... Um, when I, and, and personally, I think that's one of the things that I really like. As Joe mentioned, his background, I think what we've established now is there's a pathway to come into the organization as a wildland firefighter, come over to the municipal side as a career firefighter, and still end up back in the crew uh, program with opportunities to grow within the crew program. Um, and I think that's something that creates a sustainable program that um, is to the benefit of all of, all of our communities here in Orange County. Uh, so I, I think that's one of the, the best changes to the program uh, that I see. Why don't we turn it over to the squad bosses? You guys all have experience from other places. And, you know, what we're really trying to do, and in, in, in Shane kind of hit on it a little bit, is how do we grow our squad boss program so that we have enough depth so we can capture your guys' experience, keep the, the, the program moving forward, but still rotate some other folks in um, while you guys go and maybe explore other opportunities uh, within the organization and not leave the hand crew. Because traditionally, our hand crew has been extremely thin. And so I think a lot of, in years past, you get into the hand crew program and you feel like, I can't leave it because there's no one to come in behind me and I don't want it to fail. We put so much work into it. So why don't we just kind of go around the room and kind of introduce you guys for you guys. And Matt, we'll start with you. Yeah. Matthew Nichols, uh, squad boss on Santiago Crew 1. I'm 1 Bravo. I'm Matt Hidalgo on Santiago Crew. I'm 1 Delta. Uh, my name is Brian Henderson. I'm one Charlie on the Santiago hand crew. So Chief, uh, if I could take your question. Um, right now, currently we're, we're pulling from the depth in our organization that already exists. We're very fortunate to have a lot of quality candidates out in the field who come with previous wildland experience, and that's everyone around the table that's speaking today. Um, but that depth is also a, a benefit, but it's limited. Um, and so we need to work to build out the opportunities for guys from the floor who want to invest in this aspect of the career in wildland fire suppression so that they can come in and avail themselves of those opportunities, similar to how Soup was saying, a specialty role like TRT and hazmat and stuff like that. Um, that's part of the superintendent's and Chief Ariano's vision uh, is building that plan out um, to have an adequate succession plan so that we can bring people in from the floor who want to um, start working on a crew boss task book and avail themselves of the opportunities that the hand crew provides, go get some really great wildland fire experience, um, be uh, trained by measured hands uh, with experience, and then slowly build up our ranks so that we have an adequate succession plan to support this crew and the hand crew firefighters who come in and work hard for us every single day to um, perform the county mission. Awesome. How about you down there at the end? Uh, as far as getting onto the crew and gaining experience? Yeah. So if, so if I'm, if I'm listening to this podcast and I'm a, you know, firefighter sitting out there, you know, thinking about 
man, this could be a great opportunity to get some wildland experience and, and be able to get into a specialty program like our hand crew. Um, I mean, we all start somewhere, and so maybe you don't necessarily have to have a whole lot of wildland experience. We do have the ability to, to you know, uh, potentially bring on some like trainee type experience as a squad boss. So what would you say to someone out there that's like thinking about, you know, maybe taking that next recruitment, uh, to, you know, coming as a squad boss? What do, you, what do you guys like about the job that keeps bringing you guys back to this role? I think it's just the fact that um, you get to experience a day with 25 different guys rather than just the five guys you have at your house or you have, uh, let's say, nine people at a dual house. You know, there's a lot of different attitudes, a lot of different experience that comes along with the crew. You have the guy with no experience and then you have the guy with 20, 25 years of experience and that kind of all brings it back together because we're all one team and we're all trying to accomplish the same goal. As far as coming onto the crew program and becoming a crew boss, you need to come to the realization that you're really not there for yourself. As a floor firefighter, you bring in the leadership and you bring in the experience and the mentorship of a 20 to 25 year old kid looking at you who wants to be that next TRT firefighter, who wants to be that next hazmat firefighter. But you're coming in and you have to realize that he wants to be just like you. And with that, you have to be able to mentor him. And then you have to work on your firefighter crew boss. And then you need to be able to take care of these guys while everything is in chaos around you. So you're not just taking care of yourself anymore. You're taking care of these other 10 guys that involves a crew. So, so if I'm a new firefighter out there and I don't have, you know, Joe Darling's resume and I just, I got hired here at OCFA, love the wildland. That's what I found out, but I don't have the same credentials as Joe. What, what would be my first steps or my next step to try to become a squatty, become a squad boss? I would say a bit of type three station, okay. um, try to get out on those strike teams, try to, uh, maybe open up a FOBS task book, try to get out on those assignments as a single resource or try to come into the crew uh, once a month or see if that's something you would like. Not necessarily a ride along, but just looking at the overall big picture. Hey, maybe I could be, maybe I could do really well with the hand crew, but I need more experience. So I need to see what these guys are about. Do I have the right attitude? Do I have the right mindset? Can I work as hard as these guys? Can I work even harder? Is my PT up to par? Just getting that experience. And if you like the type three world, then you see guys out on the line, talk to other crew guys. There's always hot shots out on the line. There's always hand crew guys from other counties out there and talk to them and be like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Uh, for us, we have a very open mind. So we always like talking to new people all the time. So talk to one of us, see if that's really for you. And then immerse yourself in that. And then talk to the chiefs, be like, hey, chief, can I get an A to the crew for a year? I want to work on my crew boss task book. Or I want to work on my firefighter one, and 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 similar to be the, the, the being the squad boss, being as kind of that entry level from the career side, same would be uh, would would stand for becoming an assistant superintendent. If I was a fire captain out there, have some wildland background, but hey, I would be interested to you know take the take the step to be an assistant, you know, soup or. It, are those all possible, Scott? Is that is that a possibility as well? I think so. We're working to get there, and, but. The one thing that we need to really not lose sight of is that it takes a long time to, you know, Joe is in the position he's in because of his experience and his qualifications. And to do that, you have to have that experience, right? That's really what it comes from to understand it, why he's all in. Nate mentioned it. 
he realized at an early age that that's something he wanted to do. Same with Joe. Some, same with me. It's why I did it for so long. You realize why you're important. It's the people that are there relying on you to keep them safe. Um, but anybody can come in. You just should do it earlier on if you can so you can build that, the depth of your experience so you understand it. It's dynamic, right? We've all heard about it. You know, we've taken wildland classes, dynamic environment, not a fire in a box or anything like that. But you got to understand it. Uh, and it takes time to, to build on that. So, so not, a, not impossible to come in and this is, but I, I really see our program kind of coming at the squad boss you know, level, even if we're introducing, maybe you have the same quals, but you're kind of introducing them to the, to the hand crew program at the squad boss level and then kind of moving up to the assistant. I mean, you know, I know Joe's partner, uh, Kamakani, right, spent a lot, has spent a long time on a crew and has a lot of experience and background. And so, um, so we do have a process to get, you know, new people in, you know, maybe at the squad boss level and get that experience. And for you three squad bosses that are sitting here, you know, we were working hard to support um, all of the qualifications to get you guys ready to be our next assistant soups. As for Joe and Kamakani and others to be able to step in to be a superintendent, right? So if there's availabilities or backfill and, you know, you guys are taking vacation, whatever those may be, that we've got some depth in our program, um, that we can kind of, you know, continue, um, you know, down the road. So I didn't want to leave you out. So if there was anything that, you know, you kind of <laughs> feel, lucky? I know you were kind of looking <laughs> like, I hope I don't have to say anything, but, um, anything from your perspective? I mean, I know you've got a big background too. And just, uh, from your perspective as one of the squad bosses. Uh, just to tag on to what, uh, Henderson was saying, I would say, uh, go on the hive, look at the CICCS page see what the qualifications are and the classes that you need to take, start working those out, hopefully in-house, if not, maybe off-site, to get you prepared uh, for that role that you're going to be stepping into. Now, Henderson, I know you mentioned PT, but Joe, I didn't hear that. You guys are still PTing on your daily routine. Where does that play in the, the life of a, a daily life of a hand crew member? Uh, that's right after our morning briefing is usually some sort of hike or run. Cause... Still hiking the trail across from 18s? Yep. Okay. Anything um, added to it or anything changed or that that's a that's a warm up hike. That's a warm up. They, they had they had a couple special guests last oh, week. Oh, I, right? I heard Chief McGovern and uh, Chief Morgenstern was kind of lead, leading the charge that they were kind of racing up the hill and they you guys were. were trying to catch them. Yep, that how, that's, that's what they that's what they said. Right. Someone yeah. said there was zens free zens at the top. Of <laughs> yeah. Probably what happened. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they definitely broke us off. I I knew I knew, Mc, I well knew said. McGovern said he was going to be hiking with you guys, so I told him we put an extra helicopter on staff just in case. He needed to fly. The weird thing is he didn't come into the office the rest of the day. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I did see the picture, so I know what happened. So I thought that was pretty cool for both those guys to do that hike with you guys. So that was pretty cool. So It was good for us, but it was good for the crew and the morale. They they mentioned it. It was pretty moving for a couple of them to see them out there. I mean, it's not a common occurrence, but for one, the, the interest to come out. We're happy to have all the Chiefs out, and Ariano's super in good shape. But at, at any moment, you know, pop in and, and just – share it they're yeah. visible and one of the things that uh chief mcgovern mentioned actually when we were talking about it is how you were talking about the fuels it wasn't just a hike it was it was actually there was some lessons as you were going up um, or coming back down on just um you know different 
different elements if, if you were on a fire line and um, I think you guys were talking about spot fires or the fuel and in, in, in some of that stuff so I thought that was pretty cool that wasn't just a workout getting up to the top of a Bellevue trail it was actually some training that was kind of going with it too so um, are you good with uh, moving over to uh, Alan and the heavy equipment well, we probably need to house. introduce him I don't know if many people know who even Alan is uh, Good afternoon, everybody. Alan Peralt. Uh, I usually run Dozer 2. <laughs> hey, uh, they're not going to listen to this in the afternoon, so you don't even have to say that. That's true. You're it right. It could be the morning. They're it could gonna, be midnight. They're going to cut it off right now. <laughs> so, so I just wanted to say these guys made me want to sign up to be a squad boss. That's probably what yes. they're talking about around here, right? And, I mean, Dozer is probably one of the best jobs at the fire service, right next helicopters. But, yeah, seriously, they're the uh, – the squad bosses that work right alongside you and Joe too out in projects and stuff. And what these guys do on a daily basis really actually does help out, like directly impacts what the engine crews and stuff see on a daily basis, whether it's uh, medical aids or wildland fire ingress, uh, egress, stuff like that that goes on with it. Um, well, hold on. How long did you work for CDF? Sorry, my aging of myself. How oh, long did you work for Cal Fire? It's all, it's all good. Um, so a little bit of background about myself. Uh, I was hired uh, in 2014 with Cal Fire, just about six years with, with them. Uh, and then a uh, job opening came up uh, for uh, Orange County Fire Authority, and I put in for it, and I was lucky enough to get the, get the, uh, the position. Uh, so I'm one of two dozer operators we have in the county right now. That's, uh, and we work the same schedule that the hand crew does. We work an A-B schedule. Uh, I work a, a schedule with uh, Santiago, and Dave Hahn works the B schedule with El Toro. Who's yeah, your yeah. Swamp? Do you so, have a swamper? So, do you have anybody to work yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. So uh, how it works out uh, on the dozer module right now is I have myself and Austin Padilla, which comes from the hand crew, uh, as a dozer swamper on, my, uh, on the daily with me. And, and as well as Dave Hahn has himself and Pat Garcia as his dozer swamper on dozer three. What else you want to give? What's your, what's your, what's your favorite color? What's oh, your favorite song? Cat Yellow, dude. You gotta, Cat come yellow. on, you gotta gotta go with that so, one, right? So, Alan, how about you? Uh, so, we've had a lot of conversation, you know, talking about our apprentice program, and you know, right now we've got you and Dave, and we we're really uh, successful with um, our apprentice program, and have some others that are kind of coming up uh, to maybe, you know, I know we, we talk about like being a journeyman and, and what some of that is. So, maybe just briefly touch on what is our apprentice program. Um, I know Chief Ariano is getting ready to push another recruitment uh, that'll be coming out here shortly. So maybe just talk about what that process and the opportunities for those to kind of come in and, and uh, be part of that program. Okay. So with our apprenticeship uh, currently right now, we have three apprentices in the program. Uh, Dan Brown, who's a fire apparatus engineer out of 56. Uh, Will Bernhardt, who's a firefighter medic out of 13s. And uh, Pat Garcia, which is actually a hand crew firefighter who's uh, coming in on his, on his days off to come in as an, an apprentice with us. And with the apprenticeship, uh, we look at three aspects, uh, dozer operations, wildland firefighting, and truck driving are the three major concerns that we look for and, and, and teach and promote with inside the apprenticeship. Uh, it, currently, it's a, it's a three-year process where uh, basically anybody from the floor that's holding the hand crew, firefighter, firefighter, and uh, engineer can apply for it when it's open. And uh, it gives it uh, teaches you those three uh, major aspects uh, of dozer operations. So at the end of that, it culminates into uh, going to the academy, the Cal Fire Dozer Academy, and you come out as a journeyman available to either backfill or eventually, if we ever get some more spots opened up, that you can actually apply and be an HFEO and set the program. 
Yeah, and and you know if we look at Pat Juback, right? Last year was really successful. Went through the program, came off the floor. You know, went through um, all the training and the experience and uh, stuff that you gave him. Went up to Ione, went through the uh, the academy, um, came out number one in his class. Um, just really successful. So we're looking to grow our dozer program. You know, we've talked about how we kind of want to grow that next year. We, we've got a new dozer on order um, to kind of grow grow you guys a bit too. So more to come for, for your section. Yeah, so that'd, it, that'd be really good. And I mean, with all the projects we have going right now, uh, I, I know the crew kind of touched on it uh, with what their daily routine is. We're basically like the crew where it comes to briefing and the workouts and everything else to keep in shape. Even though you ride around inside that tractor, bouncing off rocks all day really gets tough on your body. So we end up trying to do the same thing, hike, do whatever we can do to get some blood flowing on a daily basis but project work uh throughout the county is pretty heavy right now with how the rainfall totals we've had uh road maintenance uh fields reduction projects stuff like that and that's where we really utilize the apprentices and the swampers in there to help us out as well as the hand crew they're working right there right there with us side by side to uh cut out a lot of this over abundance of fuel that we have the fuel loading is pretty heavy right now can alan can you kind of go over what different heavy equipment we have what types yeah, so uh, currently inside the county, we have three full uh, dozer modules, which includes uh, dozer transport, uh, dozer tender, uh, and dozers uh, that are ready to go right now, that are all fire ready. We have uh, two motor graders that we use for road grading, uh, one excavator, uh, three skid steers, one dump truck, and like multiple tra- trailers. And what, what type of... Uh typing on our dozers type two so all of our dozers currently are all type two is what they're is what they are in the ERD. so two questions first question is if i am a a a bc or an ic out there and i need something on an all hazard incident from heavy equipment how do i request that so if you're a bc on all hazard right now uh basically if you call if if you get a hold of the ecc and tell them that you need a skid steer for overhaul or you need uh, a dozer for pushing sand on the beach uh for seawalls that are getting breached uh they're they're going to dispatch out heavy equipment and we're going to come with the tools you need that's how it works out and then from the wildland perspective uh like again we got a lot of new ic's out there from a captain to um to a bc can you kind of go over what would be I don't know how to u- utilize the dozer on this incident. What what would be the best approach or what would be some tips or advice that you would provide of looking at how do I utilize my dozers in a wildland perspective? Um, I would say for the new uh, ICs out there, um, just ask us. The easiest thing to do is ask. If if you don't know, ask us. We're gonna we're gonna point you in the right direction and just paint the box for us. You tell us what you need and we're gonna make it happen for you. Whether it's whether it's uh, the priority flank, which you whatever side you dictate's a priority flank, and and, and the, we we put a tractor on it, the topography is right. That's where we're gonna go. If it's really if it's real rocky, super steep, and it's hand crew show, then we're gonna we're gonna tell you, hey, most likely it's gonna be a hand crew. That, that division or flank is going to be a hand crew side. We'll go ahead and take the opposite side and, and we'll try and close this thing out. And we'll try and go direct where we can and where we can't, we'll go indirect and we'll make a new plan. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with a plan for you if, if, if they're struggling a little bit. We'll, we'll walk them through that. Any tips or do nots, uh, do's or do nots that you would, uh, you'd want to share, especially probably in offloading or parking you or things like that that you'd want to share that would be beneficial or things that you've come across like, hey, if they just knew this, it would make the dozer's life a little easier? Yeah, I would I would say if if you're at the end of a um, 
kind of a tight cul-de-sac with condos all around you, a place where, you know, you can barely drive a car through. Maybe it's one of those things where, you know, we'll stage out a little bit or just give us a heads up, but we can have the swamper come in and talk to you face to face or anything. You know, we can, we can do that kind of thing. The other thing is, I mean, if you're standing a, a little bit away and there's rocks on the hillside, you can't cover up with your thumb. Most likely we can't do anything with the tractor. That's, I would say those are some, some major concerns. The only last concern I say is repairing areas, man. Let's, you know, let's, let's take a look at it before you just assume we're going to go in there and tear some stuff up. We'll try and keep you safe when we can. Are, you, are you smiling because of the emerald fire when you decided to <laughs> go through the can? Maybe that was Dave. I forget, but, uh, it might've been Dave. Let's blame it on Dave. He's not with us. <laughs> well, Hey, you guys, uh, we went a little bit long today, so, um, I appreciate you guys, you know, everybody listening in, but. Uh, for you guys here at the table, I you know I appreciate um, you know Ariano starting with you with with your leadership, the two two soups that are coming that have come in, and you're not new uh, at this point. You've been with the agency for for quite a while, and um, the experience that you you know bring, and um, everybody knows that we've uh, taken you guys from a type two to a type one uh, with all the experience and, and the qualifications that we've really worked hard on getting your folks out and getting the training. Um, down to the squad bosses, uh, and the assistant soups, you know, at your level, I mean, that's where the rubber meets the road, you know, type of work. And, um, you know, very, very quickly, you know, we're going to be the example of what a local government hand crew should be. And it's, uh, for you guys sitting at this table and I know in Brandon, I know you got your, your, um, your folks from El Toro and they're included, um, in all this too. So, um, I appreciate you guys coming in today appreciate uh what you guys do on a daily basis and uh look forward to seeing what the the wildland season brings hey thanks everybody for uh listening to uh june uh 2023 podcast and we'll see you guys next month thanks